you see the sequoias burn? Oh no, they they. That's uh, kind of cool. I don't see those burn too much, but there's some that like uh, the tops burn. So they have what they call the sea faller, which is uh, I forget the diameters that they can cut down those big sequoias. So this chain, I, I forget, I had I used to have a picture of it, but this thing was like this bar was taller than me. We wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Clink. Clink. Happy, happy new year. Happy, happy, happy. Happy new year? <laughs> it's not the new year. Oh. This is like September. It's fun. I guess it could be a new year. It's a new academic year. It's a new podcast year. I don't know how many episodes we are past the one, but we like to look forward. We're on year two of this thing, this great adventure, this wandering of ways. Yeah, we've wandered into another uh, fall here at Wandering Ways. Uh, I'm surprised we're still, you know, after everything we've been through, we're still kicking it here together. No, I'm just kidding. We haven't been canceled yet. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't gotten us quite down yet. <laughs> we don't have that many views to where they would even bother. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are great. We appreciate every single one of you um, that do listen um, from Ohio to Maine to Florida, to Alaska, to Hawaii, to international. Yeah, um, yeah, we get um, we get kind of people everywhere. Um, that's what's awesome about our wanderers, um, you know, is we do have a, a following on other, in other countries. Um, well, we're all wandering this planet together, you know. And I was just about to say, like, the same thing. You know? <laughs> we all wander around. Hey. <laughs> right? No, it's great. You know, we, we've, we've gotten into the forests. We've gotten into um, some fun activities. If you're keeping up on the social medias, which we hope you are, um, definitely that's where you're going to see the action firsthand. Uh, we try. I mean, we've por forced ourselves to go into nature so hard that, like, I swear to God, there, there'll be times I'll, I'll come home here and literally I'm, I'm recording in my, my office. Um, I, I assume once I built a home or got a home, that I'd have my own little office that I could theme towards my podcast, but I've been in my makeshift one for about a year now. Um, and I'll go lay down on the futon back there. Cause I'm just so wiped out from, you know, the trips we've gone on. Um, cause we, we go hard. Um, and, and I expect nothing less, you know, cause if you really want to maximize your time, you have to force yourself to do that. Um, you just have to. hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, I especially, I mean, I have, I work such a crazy, uh, like schedule, especially this fall, probably a crazier fall than I have most. Um, so I'm like, you know, when we're recording this, you know, we're trying to backlog a bunch and I'm just like, all right, this weekend, I got to do this, this weekend, I'm going to do this, this weekend, this is kind of my last weekend, like, um, I'm, I'm getting tired. But I'm like, this could be it for a while. So like, I can't hit that pause bu button this weekend. I got to go. You know what I, exactly. Because um, that pause button is coming. Yeah, yeah. The adventure pause button's coming. And it's coming real quick for me. Um, I feel that. I feel that you're going to be, you're going to be stuck to us. Uh, good old Ashland, Oregon. Yeah. And, you know, by the time this, you guys are listening to this, your pause button may be coming up, too. Um, you know, it is fall is coming around the corner. The weather is getting cooler. Um, 
it just means different adventures to be real honest uh, see and you're right because i look at the fall i get to go hunting out here in montana and i love hunting because not only am i you know providing food for those uh matt um <laughs> and you and my and my other friends who enjoy my deer meat uh i'm not a big venison person but i'm a big believer in eating uh the food you hunt so there's gonna keep that the want. keep the liver for me this year okay you I want, want, I, want the, I want the liver what about the heart i'll take the heart i just i have a liver recipe that i want to try i don't have a, a heart recipe i'll maybe i'll have to look something up i want to try more um organ meats i've heard they're really good for you so uh, oh and out out here in montana we'll, i'll get you a nice fresh fresh deer you know, yeah i told matt same thing when it comes down he's he's gonna go hunting this fall too and i said i want if you if you're not gonna give it up to anybody i'll take it um he's not let's just be real he's not gonna get anything hunting hey uh, i believe in him i believe in matt he's gonna get some the preparation isn't there i believe and, he's and, gonna get something you have to be so pessimistic over here you know no i have to throw cheap shots because you know he's one of those guys that doesn't listen to the podcast but acts like he listens and talks about the podcast as if like it's going somewhere and like the directions he's wanting to take it which is great no he gives great feedback don't get me wrong great guy great interviews awesome we love doing adventures with him but you know he's not listening right now so gotta gotta just say hey he's not he's not getting one hunting this year if uh what we'll do to mess around with him if he doesn't get any the this year when we have him on again we'll have the tagline for the episode title it'll be like with vegetarian matt buddy (laughs) right well and i told him i said come out to montana you know you you might not be able to shoot the gun but you can come along for the experience i'll give you some of the meat like it'll be a fun time he there you go there first class delivery right out to oregon deliver yeah, that's I, I, that's a, I really want. I want to try some organ meats, and um, it's hard to find good quality organ meats. They have it I, like I've seen it here at the stores, but it's like frozen, um, and I'm like, I don't. I really don't know how long that's been in that spot. I could uh, I could also mail it real quick. I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of if you get one. I would love it because I'd love to try some uh, Oregon meats. We'll we'll uh, talk about it. We'll talk more in depth. But today we got something that is great for our guests. I'm super excited to talk fire because it's in the news. It's in the headlines. It's that time of year. It was a hot summer, so stuff's on fire. Um, whether you're in Oregon, Montana, California, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, Idaho, Washington, Alaska, you probably had fire. Canada um yep and it's fun to talk about because i don't think we're as educated in it as as we can be no no definitely not no today's a super awesome one we got um we got ray on he fought fires for it was nine years yeah and the mescalero hot shots um the red hats back in the day is what they used to call them uh he's a great guy uh he's an uncle of mine uh Good one to have in the family. Good, good storyteller. Uh, definitely has seen a lot of the country, uh, has seen some beautiful places, seen some remote places, um, and put fire out. Um, like he said, seeing the sequoias was kind of crazy. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
But anyways, no, this one is an absolute treat of a uh, interview. Um, we could have probably gone for a lot longer easily in this one. Um, well, and the best part is, is we probably will. We'll bring him back. We'll talk more fire with you because we know there's always those dummies out there starting fires and not listening to the Wandering Ways podcast. And, you know, take those fire restrictions seriously. You know, the people getting paid to change the sign are getting paid to change the sign for a reason. That's your tax dollars telling you, hey, don't, don't light up an engine today. I'm sorry. It's not that important. You don't need to go dirt biking. You don't need to launch a firework. 100%. 100%. Um, but yeah, no, anyways, you know, we're just going to kind of jump right on in. So, I mean, without further ado, let's bring on uh, Ray here. All righty. We are back again with another wonderful guest. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, we've talked fires before on here and we get to do it again. Uh, but anyways... If you want to just introduce yourself here, uh, tell everybody who you are and kind of like a little bit of your experience with fires, and then uh, we'll just roll from there, my man. Hey, absolutely. Hey, my name is uh, Ray Wheeler. I'm from the Muscular Apache tribe and Nez Perce tribe. I uh, grew up in Muscular. Um, we started out, we had a, which was called the Muscular Red Hats, which is now called the Muscular Apache Hotshots. We had uh, engine crews, uh, type two crews, uh, muscular health tech, which I was involved with as well. But uh, I started out as a type two firefighter and uh, or quickly learned, uh, got on to um, the health tech crew, which was another base, a whole another ball game to fighting major fires and getting into know uh, all the management stuff. And then after that, I just joined in with the muscular Apache Hotshots which is, um, they're no longer existed right now, but there was a great crew. I know a lot of great soups that I worked under. Oh, yeah. Nice. So you mentioned heli attack crew. Yes, heli attack crew. Yeah, so what is that exactly? I have, my <laughs> idea is that I'm thinking in my head as you rode in on helicopters into these fires, and I don't know if I'm anywhere near correct. Correct. So basically, Mr. Health, uh, like any heli attack crew would consist of at least 10 to 12 people. So basically, we uh, uh, help ship and uh, firefighters up to uh, certain spots where they can't reach. We have a certain person that goes in and gives them a safety on the helicopter uh, incidents that can happen and get weights. You can make sure that the pilot can fly as much weight as we can to get them up to the, the fire as close as possible. And then we also help them uh, tie up the Bambi bucket, which helps uh, drop water on the fires as needed. Oh, okay. So, so I, that, that's kind of crazy because I, I, I'm thinking here is the wind because fires generate their own wind. Absolutely. Uh, especially they the have big it. ones. It's, 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 it's pretty intense once you think about how like because all that firefighting is about uh, field, topography, and behavior. So like you never know because like there's different spots of the mountain. Like it has more timber, more shrub and different uh, fields that are burning, you know, and it cut. So basically, at um, what uh, they're called red flag warnings, uh, they have up to, I think, 25 to 30. They won't let anybody fly. Oh. Tankers or, because uh, it, because you can't take a helicopter or a cannon because it, it'll go in and that certain wind will come off the mountain and they'll sh shoot up, you know. So like, 
There's quite a bit of uh, stuff to like when you get really in depth with uh, firefighting, you uh, you get like a good three or four months of training before you actually get out and start doing all this stuff. Oh wow, wow. that's a uh... yeah. You know, fire. The one thing I've learned, um, and you're like the second person we've talked to about uh, wildland firefighting is. Like my first impression was it was just a lot of hard work. You just go out and kind of like fight the fire, but there's a lot more into this, um, like even more than what I thought originally, which is crazy. So oh, yeah. four months of training, like that's pretty good. So you really want to be physically fit because uh, you can't just go out there and like, hey, put a 45 pound pack on and carrying a shovel or a Pulaski with you. You're as soon as you jump on that line, you're pretty much you're punching line. No ifs, ands, or buts. Throwing logs, throwing trees. The, the sawyer's cut first. So, and you're just constantly digging. I mean, like, a couple times we were out there. It was like we were, spent two weeks out on, spiked out on a mountain up here in Washington. It, it, I mean, it was pretty intense. And you get off that mountain, you're like, hey, what's going on? Because back in the day when I was doing it, we didn't have cell phones, laptops, drones, you know, the whole work. Back in, we had was like we get off the mountain and we had uh, a little prepaid phone cards. Oh, like, wow. hey, you know what I mean? Like, hey, how's it going back at home? What's everybody up to? But oh, this is this nice. is it's all changed now. Like, uh, you've got to be physically fit, mentally there. You can't have any like uh, issues back at home because like you're gone for certain times. You never know. You know, you gotta keep your head on straight. And make sure you're right up here before you take off with them. What was How the long? longest you were yeah. like out? Um, fighting the fire without being in touch back home? Uh, i say about 25 days. 25 days? That's a whole month. Yeah. So it, it, was, it, it was great, though, because like, as soon as we got done, we were up in Washington. So th this this happened. I forget what year it was. This is when that uh, engine blew, got burned over with uh, three young kids in it. And we, we got the phone call. We were down in New Mexico, and like we got there, like there was like maybe like six hotshot crews were just got one of those big Boeing jets, loaded it up. They got gave us like the first uh, first red carpet treatment. They're like, hey, get on this plane, let's go. They flew us out there, and we remember sleeping on the bus. And then I woke up and we started hiking up above where that burn happened. And then that's when that twenty five days happened. And then after that, they shipped us down to Oregon. Had two days at Lincoln City, which was I never that was my first time and from before I even moved up here, you know? Oh, cool. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy in a small world, though. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That So what's it like? Because you were in New Mexico. You guys get the call. They're like, listen, there's a fire in Washington. You guys are going. Like, how is it quick from the moment that phone call happens to Washington? Or I'm, I'm trying to figure out how quick you're moving. So basically, like we get like there's a fire that blows up, like like here in Oregon, these ones start blowing up. They what they do is like uh, Boise, where the, the the main agency is at, they ship out everything, like start putting out uh, um, 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 uh, orders, resource orders for uh, people, and then they got everybody's. We got different regions, so like I'm from Region Three, we got Region Six, we you know all the regions around here. So like they got like it's whoever's on the board they'll have like Smoky Bear hotshots, Mescalero Apache hot, Sacramento hotshots. They're like, hey, these guys are all available. We have or New Mexico is really wet. They're 
uh, fire danger is low. That's I got. I need some uh, type one teams up there. So they put us like that. Hey, we'll get the phone call. We'll either be working or we'll be on our day off, and then we'll have a. Uh, we had pagers back then. Like that would go off, you know. It's like beep beep. We have to call the forestry and like, hey, we got a call. We got thirty minutes to be up, uh, thirty-five to forty-five minutes to be up there. Because we uh, we already have our bags already packed up there, like everything's already packed. Yeah, I was so, gonna say you probably have to have that go bag. Oh yeah, it's called a two-week bag. So you have like just the basic your extra set of uh, clothes and extra set of shoes and a sleeping bag. Wow, that's about it. <laughs> so when you're when you're living out of that bag, because I know I know when you're in the fire camps themselves, you're you're treated kind of fairly. They got the, the food, the the people working in the especially in the bigger camps. But when you're when you're kind of on your days off and in between fires and those camps aren't going on, are you living off that you know that two week bag? Um, no. So basically, we have like an extra set of clothes, like a, um, a tennis shoes, and then. Uh, uh, some running shorts or something, if like we go like down to the beach or something. But uh, we're not really living out of it unless like uh, they're keeping us a little longer because they have like the whole setup over there. They have food, laundry, showers, uh, uh, commissary, oh. uh, telephones, and just like other resources stuff to like if you need to get some stuff, you know. Oh, that's nice. And then we get occasional trip to Walmart, which is. Any hotshot go like, hey, let's go to the Walmart. We we'll get some more stuff. The oh. best thing we ever got was like the can, the small canned goods, like the sardines, the spam, oh, cans of chili. Those are the best things to put on the fire because you're like sitting by the fire. You just put a can of beans or something chili on the side of the by that fire, and you got something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that stuff's real nice to have. Mark did a whole trip where they ate beans off of. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, Good yeah. stuff there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a blast. Beans and carrots is basically all we had, uh, at least for like a week. Uh, you know, we didn't plan well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Oh, but they, they uh, like, living out of us uh, when we were at the fires, the, they had um, the food that had, uh, we had two hot meals and the cold, uh, uh, sack lunch every day. So they really took care of us really well. Oh, that's good. So yeah. uh, how did you get into firefighting? Oh, my dad. He was he was involved in it, and I wanted to go along that line in that uh, wildland firefighting. I, I wanted to do structure, but it was a, we didn't really have too much structure around, you know, uh, okay, where yeah. I grew up, you know. Because we lived in, uh, where I live at was uh, 7,900 something feet. Oof. Yeah, and that was full of timber too, so. <laughs> yeah, it was on fire a lot, I bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen a lot of the mountains and a lot of terrain that I never thought I'd be in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, with all that traveling, I guess, uh, I'm curious, like, what, what were some of your favorite, like, because you do go to some beautiful places up in the mountains. Yeah. Uh, what were some of your favorite places? And, like, I guess, it, was there any remote places that, you know, like, it's you can only get there back? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I've been to um, Tennessee, Kentucky, North Carolina, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Minnesota. Minnesota, you have to wear one of those nets because they had a bunch of flies, you know. It was like, oh, wow. But I was kind of jealous of my younger brother. Uh, he got to go to Alaska. That was one of my trips when I, I never got to get on. 
oh. as a hot shot, you know, or or hell attack either. But uh, but I've been all over the uh, northwest, the southwest, all up uh, Wyoming, North Dakota, and all that stuff. Oh wow, it was fun, good travels, you know. How many years? About eight or nine. Oh wow, oh, that's yeah. that's a. That's a good amount of time firefighting, and the, and that's just like the fire season, right? Yeah. So so basically, your fire season is pretty much the whole summer. But like, if you you never know, because uh, a couple of times we ended up in uh, Tennessee and um, uh, Kentucky out there. They have like their uh, what do you call their little fires out there in um, the rolling hills. But it was kind of cool. I never thought about how find fire out there because it's a bunch of oak you know yeah so you get out there and they're like yeah we don't need your chainsaws they handed us four leaf blowers that were in front and they had four people instead of the chainsaws the four people up front would just like blast out the um, the leaves to the sides and all we would do is just punch a line and reassure it and back burn it oh yeah it's a, it's a whole it's pretty crazy how some parts of the different states how they fight fire you know what other yeah. what other ways have you seen i guess that's in, in uh, florida like uh, uh i was watching them all they do is they take those tractors because there's a bunch of tundra stuff you know out there mm-hmm. just take a tractor and then all they do is just burn it and we sit there and watch it make sure it doesn't jump the line oh interesting oh yeah so same, same with alaska alaska my brother was telling me that they they did because like uh, the, the ground they put the chainsaw down and they cut out dirt or the little branches or whatever. I forget. Oh, yeah. Fields down there. But they cut that out, and that's how they do it up there. Oh, oh. yeah, I bet. Because it's probably some of it's like pretty frozen, kind of. Yeah, thing. pretty. In, uh, but a field up there. Yeah, permafrost or whatever. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forget the name of that stuff up there, but it's yeah. something. It's, it's a, you, you get to learn a lot of, uh, once you get out and see a different. Uh, uh, topography and feel that's in different states you know was there any any favorites i say pretty much uh, um i was up here at washington lake chelan okay. up here we uh we was up on lake chelan one time and they kept taking us on a boat back and forth through the, from the lake yeah to the fire to the camp to the fire to the camp it was pretty fun oh well, that sounds fun yeah, I mean, going to work, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're getting a boat ride today. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet that's pretty because I mean, a, a lot of that those areas in Washington are, oh. you know, those those national parks aren't really, you know, the North Cascades, yeah. Olympic, uh, Rainier. They're kind of hard to get to, so people mm-hmm. know like Rainier. But yeah, it's like Montana too. Like some of that stuff out there, like you never know. You'd be sitting in Missoula, and all of a sudden you're sitting on the back of a ski area. Like, oh, man, look, there's Canada, you know? Like, yeah. I was up in Browning. We was fighting a fire up towards Browning. Yeah. Oh, wow, wow you've, really, you've really been everywhere for this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. It's, it's, it's something else if you're young and you're single and you're good to go. But if you're... <laughs> yeah, I bet. Because, yeah, like, like, you're just constantly... You can spend the whole summer just working and then four-time fire... Uh, time's up you can go be a ski bum or work a chairlift you know yeah <laughs> is that kind of is that what you did in your non-fire season did you go work the ski lifts and stuff uh, uh, no actually it was uh um 
uh, one of the per, uh, person that was uh, um, picked to help uh, thin out the forest on the reservation. So oh. I could go to help thin out like some plots and then we do like uh, control burns, uh, um, burn piles and stuff, you know. Oh, so you're and, like uh, a real pyro. Yeah, just uh, and then those old um, logging uh, piles, you know, we go out there and just burn those and watch those with the engine. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fun. I like. I got to use a chainsaw. Right. My yeah, first time I ever picked up a chainsaw, and I was a uh, type two. And we got these green shafts, right? They're a uh, uh, chainsaw, and I was like, I was like tired, and I put it down a little, and I forgot to click my my safeguard off, and I boom. Tap my shafts and everybody looks at me and he's like, hey, those are brand new shafts. And I had a, a little cut about <laughs> this long on my shafts. And I was like, geez, that will never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> you got to break them in, though. It's like putting oh, that yeah. first dent in your car. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So uh, what's it like at the end of the season? You've been fighting fires all, all summer long. Are you like, is there just like a final moment of relief where you're like, oh, I can like breathe and relax, or are you kind of missing the the action? Oh, there's like a little sigh of relief, but then again, you always got to remember California burns. You're always no no ifs ands buts. We always end up in California towards uh, uh, August September. October. Oh wow! And it's all shrub out there, and you're just like I was hiking around. We were hiking around and up and down in California. Do you get close to the cities down there? Oh, no. We send us, like, as soon as we get there, we'll fly into, like, uh, Redding, um, where else is, uh, San Bernardino, San Diego. Just all the forests all the way up. We've been to every forest up there. Oh, wow. But it's great seeing sequoias, though. Yeah. Oh, I bet. But, like, it, it's, it's, uh, like, you see this? You see the sequoias burn? Oh, no. They, they, oh. uh, it's kind of cool. I don't see those burn too much, but there's some that like uh, the tops burn, so they have what they call a sea faller, which is uh, I forget the diameters that they can cut down those big sequoias. So this chain, I, I forget I had I used to have a picture of it, but this thing was like this bar was taller than me, and I was oh, like, "Geez, wow. dang, that's crazy." That would so I think that would be kind of cool to see one of those big trees on fire, but like also not, oh. <laughs> you know, like it'd be like, oh, that's awesome to see, but not awesome because it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. So you've mentioned a couple times that you were a type two. Um. If you could kind of describe the types, the different, uh, like what exactly type two means. So basically, uh, a type two firefighter is just the beginning of your. Uh, it's like an introduction to wildland firefighting. So like, hey, I have, I can hike, I can carry something. Hey, so basically a type two firefighter does the basic like, hey, so you got your type two firefighter and your type one firefighter. Your type one firefighter is your hot, is a hot shot and your type two is just your basic firefighter that goes in which we call, as most people who's been a hotshot, like someone like, yeah, I'm a type two firefighter. Oh, you're a mop shot. So we call a mop shot is what they'd go do is they go and clean up our mess that we make in there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't, we don't, but they, they do good work. You know what I mean? They go in there and like just refurbish. The, once the fire's out, they'll go in, uh, um, like recover the line, make it look like there's no one there, you know? So, oh, yeah. 
I guess we, we, we talked about the fire line before, but I'm sure we have other listeners that, you know, don't necessarily know what the fire line is. Um, I, I, I know Mark and I know it. Could you explain, I guess, could you explain what that is? And, and, and cause from my understanding, it's just almost like an, a, a six inch to 18 inch like hole in the ground all the way around the fire. So, so basically, uh, it depends on your feel and your topography, you know, because, like, you can punch the biggest line, and then uh, all you're doing is trying to get to the dirt. And then if you have, like, another uh, – uh, if you get a good-sized line in there and then your canopy, you want to open up the canopy. If you open up that canopy, it eliminates the fire from traveling up top above you. And then if it goes to the top of you, that line down below is worthless. You know, I've actually always thought that. I was like, why do they focus on the ground when it could easily just kind of hop above? So I'm actually super glad, happy to hear that. <laughs> so basically, that's what they, like, so we got the uh, superintendent and then you got four sawyers. So you got two, uh, four chainsaws just going up in front of us. And they got two uh, swamper for each person. So they're just laying down, opening up that canopy for us up on top, you know, just spreading it out. And they're like, hey, Cause we we got like every morning we get a, a briefing from air, uh, the uh, fire team that's up there on the fire. Like, hey, this is where you guys are punch line. This is what kind of fuel you're dealing with, and this is how big the line I want. As soon as you guys get it done, we're gonna start back burning. We'll wait till the evening because it's the best time to fight fire with fire is in the evening. Oh, but the the line is basically once you open up that canopy, you have the uh, the, uh, the last of your crew about. 12 people just punching to the dirt. So you're trying to get as much dirt out as you can. You're trying to eliminate all the fuel so it doesn't burn over your line. Okay. So is that what back burning is? It's like from the line to where the fire is? Yes. Okay. So you got your fire. So where the line is built, you do one strip right here, and then you have people let with the little water bags. Let it burn a little bit, burn it out, do another strip. Let it burn, burn it out. As soon as it gets a little wider and wider, until you got this black, a good size, about a good 25, 25 yards of black line in there. Then you just go with those drip torches and the, um, the uh, flare guns and everything, just start popping them off in there. And, okay. And you just let it off because they it won't burn anything because you already got what, everything that's burnt already. It'll just tie in with it. Yeah. And plus the wind is in your favor wherever you're at back burning. So that's the whole key of like weather you know being and fire behavior that night oh yeah 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 i just saw something there's like a big fire out here in the i know it's in the west here but they were saying it's it's so big it's like creating its own weather yeah that's the that's the bootleg fire here in the, um southern oregon i've been uh i was watching it well actually yeah and last year that one that happened up here by Detroit Lake was kind of intense too, because we I was out camping before that, like about a month ago. And my first reaction, I go, I, I still have it in me. I go out and just grab a piece of stick and break it, and just like I see it crumble in my hand. I was like, it's gonna be dry. I wish they would say something and put the uh, restriction on campfire, but it was already too late and blew up. And it, like I was telling Joni, I was like. Man, this is this is gonna burn pretty bad up here because there's no uh, um, uh, fuel management where they go in and like, hey, we got this crew come in and clean up the under 
all the brush underneath so it carry all the way up and take off you know that's what happens is if you have that fuel underneath the timber it's going to take off like a matchstick oh yeah i, I bet you know what i mean and yeah i thought it was been they haven't been as serious on these fire restrictions around here because i see the fire danger and my first thought is it probably should be extreme but i'm only seeing like high or very high <laughs> yeah well, i think pretty much all of oregon now is under extreme due to this whole big fire and stuff they uh quit campfires and stuff but i'm pretty sure everywhere else in the northwest is pretty much going to extreme here shortly because yeah, no, uh, I, like I was looking that. at the weather and it's going to be dry for the next week and a half or so still. So It's just been hot. It's been a hot summer. Yeah. Um, everything's on fire. And you brought up a good point uh, is management, forest management. And it's it's actually shocking uh, the amount of forests that aren't managed properly. Mm-hmm. Um, like you talk about the fuel built, building up and burning up in places and not doing the controlled burns. And I, I just, I don't, I don't understand why they're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this it's a different uh, funding, you know, like different. Uh, you got Forest Service, you got Brew of Land Management, and you got a, a Park Service, and you got BIA, and then you know what I mean. Like, there's yeah. different fundings for different um, interagencies, so it, it, it's it's hard, you know. Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think? What agency do you think manages the best? Uh, BLM, BLM. Uh, land management. So, like, you get a fire in a forest service, they'll let it burn for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it takes off, and then here you got a pretty good sized fire going, you know? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that they kind of let it burn a little bit. Well, like, you can, like you said, there'd be in an area that's in a remote area, and then they're like keeping an eye on it, you know? Like, yeah. But then again, all of a sudden, you get, one day the wind picks up out of nowhere and it's pretty much <laughs> yeah, right. sayonara for a little bit and then until they get a hold of like a team in there, you know. But it's good, like, like, uh, um, like I don't even know if they still have people in the uh, fire, uh, those towers that, you know, like sit up there every day and just look oh. through smokes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I know, um, actually, I think like some of them here kind of like southwest Oregon uh, mm-hmm. some of them you can like hike up to and just that's like where you camp they're like yeah. chalets and stuff uh, yeah it's just it's, it's hard you know you can't stop anywhere from going and camping and all of a sudden they don't put their fire out properly and you got some big issues after that <laughs> yeah or uh, kids shooting fireworks off <laughs> I, was, I was really nervous about those fireworks here I, I was too. I mean, yeah. you guys had some weird restrictions with the fireworks. Then they pulled them off the shelves, but they let people buy them ahead of time. Yeah. Well, I think it, it rained a couple of days before that, and then they allowed the bigger ones, the the art um, artillery show ones, go off. But it, it's hard, you know. Like you just hope for the best that that someone doesn't shoot it off in the wrong area where it's dry, you know. I mean, you know, and I, I look at it, it's just money blowing up. You spent $20 on the fireworks to watch it go. Mm-hmm. Not even 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I remember I remember growing up, we uh, we had a firework, and, like, where my parents lived, there's a big 
kind of field in front. Um, there's really nothing other than grass and like some fence. So like we kind of got lucky with this, but we, we shot like a bottle rocket. And then that whole field just, I mean, like real quick <laughs> turned into mm -hmm. like just a fire. And you could see afterwards this giant like ring of where the fire had all been. But I mean, what was nuts about it is it was, it was zero to a hundred real quick. And we, I mean, small scale because it was such a innocent little field and everything. But mm -hmm. I mean, I know fires can snap. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like like uh, I was telling you, it's all about uh, um, once you get out there, just feel the ground or the grass, and if it's dry, you'll know just how dry it is out there. Even the trees right now, like you go out to the branches and you see the color of the leaves already turning a different color because it's so hot, and like, some of this, these trees aren't used to the heat, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's nuts, and we don't we don't realize, too, that when we have these fires and we put the smoke in the sky, we put, you know, we burn more land up, how it changes even the weather in effects on a, on a global scale. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you don't you never know if it, it like up here, cause it, uh, that fire last year that happened up by Detroit, it kind of flooded a little bit and it like, uh, um, it's kind of one another dangerous thing cause it starts contaminating the rivers and stuff, you know, all that, uh, ash and burnt stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's like you said. It's like it's or it's the northwest. So you never know after just maybe like a couple months and that uh, fires under control and then starts raining really heavily. <laughs> then you got another situation on your hand, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially at the loose ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you could just like, what was kind of like a typical like the most average day you had? Um, what were you doing from the moment you kind of woke up um, to going every day-to-day -day things to the end of the day? What, like, what was your day like? So, so every every day, every morning, we'd uh, when we were the hell attack or either the hot shots, I was we were running six miles every day before we started our shift. Wow! And then yeah, was, and then after that, we get out our um, our wait for our soup to give us a plan what we're doing today where we're going to sit and just case like um, if we were not on a fire assignment, we'd be out on the res patrolling or we'd be doing some uh, chainsaw or some practice on uh, um, building line or uh, practicing getting under our fire shelters, you know. And then uh, after that, we get home, say about six o'clock. Sometimes it depends on the weather too. Like if we got red flag warnings, like, hey, we're going to keep you guys on until eight at night. We'll get stay on till eight, and eight comes around. We're like, all right, we'll call it a day, go home, eat, and then if we get that pager going off, and we're heading right back up, you know. Yeah. So we're always on the on the, our toes there, just waiting for that call. But like any person that's been on the, on the shock cruise, like, hey, it smells like money out there, you know. But I don't like to put it that way because like there's a lot of force burning and a lot of pretty country burning up, you know. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, it is, and what's nice is the paycheck. If people are interested in getting yeah. into the fire business, it does yeah. pay well. Oh yeah, it, it, like I said, it's it's a good it's a good summer job if you're uh, wanting to get out and travel uh, travel different. Because like it, that's how I traveled. <laughs> right? Yeah. Ah, uh, it was great. Yeah, you've been everywhere. It sounds like. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was good times.
You know what that means? Time for another commercial break where we get to tell you to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Whether you're getting that podcast on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, WhatsApp, whatever podcast app you use, you can make it happen. And don't forget, this is also the time to let uh, let you guys know that you can pick up that Wandering Ways swag at the Teespring. Make sure to check it out. The link is in the bio down below or in the episode description. It's even in the show description, too, if you can't find it in the episode. But you can go on there. You can get your sweatshirts. You can get your uh, shirts. You can get long sleeves, short sleeves. You can even get some socks. Uh, it looks pretty cool. Uh, highly recommend. You will... Be impressing everybody at your next bonfire with some Wandering Ways swag. You know, and if that's not enough, we're going to tell you to follow us individually on our social medias. You could check me out at the Rougarou or Zach of Wandering Ways. You know, check out the adventure firsthand where there might not be any ads. Exactly. And who doesn't like some good free pub? I need the follow followers to go up. So I'm going to throw out... Reverend Marcus, check me out on the Twitter, on the Instagram. Um, I do some cool stuff, so please give me the follow, all right? We also do not cool stuff. Yeah, but anyways, uh, let's keep wandering on. All righty, so we got a kind of a recurring segment on our podcast called Cool Shit in Nature. So before we kind of get going back into the interview, we're going to use this time to kind of just break it up and show something, uh, some cool shit in nature. So uh, I got the video today, and uh, I think it's, you know, it's kind of my realm of what I normally do and kind of not. Um, but anyways, here's the video. It's just a nice little old bear chilling next to the uh, side of the river there. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a big boy yeah it's a big bear that was my first thought too and then he's just looking in the water and bam gets that fish wow and that that water's moving yeah he's fine it's actually really impressive how he did that i mean yeah that's cool shit nature right there oh exactly (laughs) that's how you get out and survive you know (laughs) yeah yeah right no, I, th- I thought that was a good one. Uh, the way I would love watching bears fish. Um, I've been fortunate enough to see it a, a few times, and it's really cool because mm-hmm. each one's like unique. Everyone kind of has like a different style to getting the. Yeah. Bear. It's because they're unique creatures, like us humans are unique. That's right. <laughs> down, be, uh... <laughs> Wait, down in Mescalero, you guys have a lot of black bears. Isn't that actually where Smokey the bear is yes, from? It was a uh, Capitan, New Mexico, which I um, about an hour and twenty minutes was an um, uh, hour and twenty minutes away from. Yeah, we fought a lot of fires up in those Capitan Mountains. Oh, really? Oh, wow. oh yeah, and that was some good steep country too. And like. This was like uh, your. This is where we had a lot more pine, and uh, we we're dealing with um, the the pine cones and needles where we had slip, you know, because like oh, once oh. it gets wet, a little bit of wet, and because you're uh, they're dropping that slurry retardant, which is pretty slick, and they got uh, helicopters dumping water too. So, mm-hmm. so we got those uh, nice fire boots that you pay like four hundred, five hundred dollars for now these days because they really take care of your ankles you know 
Oh yeah. I wonder mm. if uh, Jordan's got a pair of. Uh, oh, uh, I don't think those will be uh, <laughs> be good on fire. <laughs> um, did uh, do you ever get hit with the retardant or anything when you're? Oh yeah, we get plenty many a times. We uh, we like come back and it's like we're all just like because we had uh, yellow shirts and red helmets and it just be we just turn it turned kind of pink on us, you know. Oh, okay. It was like oh. a like a little. Um, it was a like some kind of gel at first, but then it gets turns into powder. But it's um, good for uh, it washes away when it rains and stuff too. You know, that's nice. Um, I've heard that you had a fire jump you actually. Yes, I was in a, um, I was on a in a Utah. I was stationed there with a, a helitack crew from Alaska. So I was up there for three months, right? And we's over, um, just uh, uh, we stayed in Salt Lake, but they we had a four service rig that they gave us, and we drove down. And it's called Tuelli, Utah. And then that fire was about good thirty minutes south of us. So we went in there, and then my buddy was uh, the my supervisor at that time uh, from. Oh, excuse me, Alaska. He he drove us down in there, and I, that well, we watched that fire burn. It took off, and then the wind shift changed on us, and it came back around. Oh. And so what we had to do was we jumped inside of the our van and drove into the black, which is our escape route. We're like any 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 fire, you go back into the black because it's already. Oh, excuse me, it's already burnt. Yeah, but it was it was intense. It's it's. But no joke, it's like a uh, like a hurricane coming at you with no water. The wind, the that the, the flame, and you could just hear it just blowing through you. It's all. But it was pretty. It was something else. I, oh, I'll never, um, never take my eye off the weather or anything, you know, because once you're out there, that weather can shift on you quick. Yeah, oh, yeah. when it does shift, I mean, is it like, and it's coming at you? Was that a quick thing or were you able to see it and then go like, okay, like kind of ease into it? It was kind of like, uh, like a good quick, it was like a quick shift. Cause like we're sitting there and like, cause they do weather every 30 minutes if you're on a fire and like, hey, but like if you're on a shop crew, we do it like every 15 minutes. Just getting uh, uh, um, the RH, the wind, and then how the smoke is looking, you know? Yeah. Like it, it, it that, uh, we always look at a fire by the smoke. It's, it's really light gray, it's really small, but once it turns black at the bottom, that thing's gone. Oh, it's really? Taken off. Yeah. If you ever look at a, a fire plume, you'll just see it, it'll start like just. That's gray, black at the bottom, and it'll turn white up on top. It's, it's gonna, it's dealing with a lot of fuel that's burning up under that fire right there. So, what are you like looking for? Like, what, what, like, it, like, what's the smoke doing, or what's the um, when, when you're watching these changes? Oh, so basically, like, if you see like anything, like someone, someone will be on the fire line already, and like, hey, we just got a wind shift. Hey, keep it down, and, like. Then they'll start because we have divisions. They have uh, different divisions on a fire, and then one would be division A up here, division B over here, 
and Division A is like, hey, the wind just shipped up here. You guys feel any uh, wind shift down here, Division B? They're like, oh, yeah, it's starting to come towards us. Then they'll be like, okay, let's back everybody up a little bit into their escape route and then see what happens. And then they'll get a forecast through the, uh, the weather, you know, because they have people down at the um, uh, Incident Command Center down there where they have, like, people that check the weather on the Internet and then they local forecasters, you know, because there's a, you never know because you'd be punching line and all of a sudden you just, like, feel the wind just come towards you and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait. Something's going on here. We gotta make sure because, like, there's between you, the fire, and then there's more brand new fuel right behind you. You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is. And you're so you're pretty close to the fire when you're on the line. Yes. It it depends on how far they put us in and how far. If like you're flanking it, they'll put us in that like towards the point of origin where it happened. We'll start trying to flank it, and if we can't flank it, we'll pull back and we'll start. Uh, back off a little bit and just start punching line the other way or we'll do an escape route just to uh, get another uh, uh, starting point, you know, to make sure we're, which way the fire is going. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, you have like a different uh, equipment too, like it, just like I said, uh, depending on topography, like you, like you have uh, bulldozers with rippers on the back that can go down the hill and just drag the rippers sort of their uh, dozers and take off from them so they help punch line in, oh. and then that helps out too because then like it eliminates like a different uh us doing a little bit more harder work you know yeah i bet that's very helpful <laughs> um did you notice because i mean you fought fires pretty much all over the lower 48 uh did you notice certain areas uh I, I don't know if this is the correct way to say this, like burned better than others, uh, other areas. Like, is there a part of the country that's just, it goes quick. Other places, it's like a slow burn. It, it, it depends, you know, like, uh, um, like I said, California goes quick because it's a bunch of shrub. But like, if you really want a quick moving fire, which uh, is probably up in the Northwest because like the, it crowns out really quick because most of the fuel is up top. And oh. all down is just like the berry bushes and shrub that doesn't really burn that bad. But like, so if you notice up here in Oregon, you go by some of the uh, old burned areas, you look at the trees, there's still a lot of trees still standing because they've been crowned out, you know? Like if you go down to like the Southwest or like they'll burn straight, those little trees are done, you know? Okay, yeah. I have noticed that while driving around here in Oregon. And I've always, I've always kind of wondered how these things just end up staying. Yeah. So it's like I said, like it, it's like uh, like some places they'll have like where they'll crown out and just burn the tops and that's it. And then other than that, like down in the shrubs or the small junipers, they'll just take off and just burn completely, you know? Well, I guess that's how you can tell when they cut those rings, right? In trees. Yeah. I guess like that was a fire year because it burned yeah. the ring that way. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole line, like like now, like if you go look up that bootleg fire and you see them like a dozer or some punching line and then you got a hot shot crew doing the back burn behind them. So there's basically that dozer's putting in that line, making it easier, and then they start burning, back burning for that to fight fire. So I, so I assume like if you have a bulldozer, you could do an ATV too, essentially. In some oh, yeah. So basically you can take an ATV with the 
drip torch and just ride along the whole fire line, you know? That'd be fun. Just got to have an engine behind you because that there's a they got your uh, different size engines out there that you can, uh, you know, I mean, different types of engines that have different size gallon tanks on them, you know. Oh, so uh, what's the biggest enemy when you're out there firing, fighting the fires? Um, is it the fire itself, the, the landscape, the topography, or is it the weather? Pretty much all above. <laughs> like, because hey, hey, you, you you never know, you know. I mean, like the landscape, the topography, mm-hmm. and then the uh, fire behavior. Because like, some people will have like, I have like maybe like fifteen guys in front of me hiking, and a, a loose rock comes out, and it starts rolling down the hill. You don't just you wait for it to come, and then you dodge <laughs> it. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, that, and then you had a topography which is steep, and you're like sitting there, and you don't want to get hit. Then you start rolling down the hill. You know. That's another, you know, there's like, there's a lot into it whenever you get out there, you know. Wow. That's why they have those people that go out and map it out and you're just like. (laughs) Makes sense. It makes sense. Wow. There's a lot, a lot that goes into it. When you said your dad has been doing it, he still is doing it? Yes, he's still fighting fire as we speak. He's in Idaho right now on the engine. So how long has that been going on? Jeez. Well, he retired from because he used to do, um, um, I forget what it was called, uh, scale uh, the timber logs or logging logs. And then he was doing that. And then he would sometimes be uh, help out and take out fire crews. And then he retired from the government. And then this time he's just doing like, um, like basic, uh, uh, an engine that's uh, under contract, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, sure. Wow. It's pretty good. He's doing good. He's still hiking, still passing his pack test. So, that's crazy. That's crazy because, like, um, uh, back in the day, we had to run, was it a uh, mile, a mile and a half under, uh, 11, wait, I think it was a mile under 11 minutes. With under, uh, 45 pounds on? Uh, no, that would, that, that now it's the pack test, which is, uh, 45 minutes under 45, I think. Oh, okay. So you're just a normal fitness test was running the mile in 11? Mm-hmm. Okay. Under 11 minutes. Huh. So that was like, what, six laps? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really quick. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta move. You definitely can. Yeah, because that, that, like like you said, I mean, like, uh, that fire can come at you real quick, and you're just going to be, you got two clips, one here and one here. Boom, drop it and start running. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you ever have any of those encounters? No. Oh, gosh. That would be crazy. No, no, not at all. I'm glad. I'm glad for my my uh, soups back in the day was uh, Gary Hidley and then uh, Leland Pellman. So they're good guys. Good guys that took care of us, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was actually just wondering if you had any kind of real scary moments out there. Mm, they, sometimes like at night when we're uh, like at night you just hear like trees falling oh. so you don't know which way they're falling so we're sleeping on the line you know and it's like and you hear like big big rocks rolling down a hill or something and you're like so they put us on a certain like our soup would go uh, scout out everything where we're gonna take a break and get a little bit of shut eye before we make sure that's safe for us to be where we're at you know 
Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Mark, like, I, I see Mark. He's like, how come fire season isn't like early spring to late to, to midsummer? Because that's when his <laughs> days are off. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about it. Um, you know, with the COVID 19 here, I, I was questioning a lot of things in life, and firefighting came up as an option of trying to maybe do it. But I'm fortunate I found a job so that I enjoy. So yeah. It's off the table for now. <laughs> but it, it's um, but like like I was telling you, we're physically fit and like uh, now like uh, um, like sometimes I feel into my ankles or knees because like you're you got weight on you and you're going through uh, rocky areas, slippery slopes, you know, and stuff like that. And not it's not fun sometimes you know but it was it was good though once we got off the line we would sit there and celebrate you know oh i bet together and good jokes you know yeah i bet yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I bet when after you've been on the line for a while coming off and i mean everyone probably says go get a beer but i'm sure like there's a gatorade when you're back home is oh, just yeah. as refreshing <laughs> we get gatorade and uh iced tea or some water you know but never we never it was never like that for us back then we always uh did drink a beer on our own time our own r and r because i kept we want to look professional you know what i'm saying yeah oh yeah no i, I professional bet. out there because right, uh, we that's our that's our name on our back and our hats you know and we don't want to be one smell like booze and Hey man, go go back up there. No, professional. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta keep it professional, you know. So is that is that something that I guess is taken seriously? The the more professional your crew is, the more fires you get called to and stuff. Oh, it, it's just your reputation because like it's word of mouth, you know. Like any any kind of business or any kind of uh, job or whatever you're doing, you know. Yeah, everything's yeah. word of mouth. Like, hey, do you hear about this crew? And just goes down the chain. <laughs> well, and we kind of talked about this with Andrew a little bit, but I, I've noticed there's a lot of native uh, hotshot crews. Um, oh yeah, that and and it, I guess it goes back to historically. A lot of natives have always just been pirates. Yeah, like like our, our our my tribe, they had the muscular red hats, which was really known really well throughout firefighting, and they kind of like uh, then it just grew in other generations took it over and it became muscular Apache hotshots because then it became a, a interagency hot, the, all hotshots are interagency now oh, okay. yeah so like you can go to interagency and like hey I got a hotshot crew up here available you want to use them take them you know oh wow yeah so like um, uh, hey I've got to be that guy, as I always am. We're getting to the end of our time limit here today. Uh, but at the end of all of our episodes, we have a thing called our final words. Uh, it's where you can literally kind of say anything you want. Uh, since you are our guest today, Ray, um, we'll let you go first. You can literally say anything you want. You can say shout out people. You can give a nice little PSA about something. Uh, if you have a poem you've written, you're totally welcome to read a poem on it. But it's literally anything you want. The floor is yours, though. All right. Yeah. I, I just want to hopefully I can play a little bit of video. I lost my uh, younger brother, Harry. Uh, he was 
So it was with the Muscularo hotshots, the Geronimo hotshots, and the Navajo hotshots. And he recently passed a couple of years ago. And um, I want to give a shout out to all those crews, all the interagency crews, native crews, everybody out there doing work. Guys, keep up good work and stay safe. And I just wanted to play this video, let you guys hear it. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, 100%. man that was hard it was like a oh yeah he he he, uh, he always out hiked me a lot and he was really good and he did a lot more than i did in firefighting but i appreciate you guys having the opportunity for let me play that and i'm glad i got to talk to you guys and chit chat and i really uh hope everybody stays safe out in the line and get your uh get your miles in <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have those watches back then where we can take our my check our mileage on our <laughs> right <laughs> no i because we we pretty much our boots we put a lot of miles on those boots <laughs> oh yeah oh i'm sure you probably turn yeah. out and elevation yeah. <laughs> like people don't take that serious but the those uh those uh elevation that gets you mm -hmm. sometimes those stairs oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah but montana idaho man we that was tough country oh yeah oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you guys letting me get the opportunity to chit chat with you guys. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, final word, Zach. Yeah, no, I definitely be smart, everybody. Uh, don't start fires. It's not good to have. Um, I, I can't, I can't stress that out. I, I, we need to manage our forest better, and we are the ones where it begins. You know, we pick up our trash, we make sure our fires are put out, we do everything that that we're supposed to do, we won't start fires. It's the guy who disregards the rules that drives his motorbike up a road where it's like, Hey, can't do that. He's trying to fix the spark plug and starts a fire. Yep. You can't do that. You mm -mm. um, can't launch fireworks in the dry season because it's going to start a fire. Um, and it goes quick. We talked about that today. So just be smart. Um, but you know, at the same time too, if you're wanting to get a job fighting fires, Go do it. Chase, mm -hmm. chase a dream. Chase a mountain. Climb a mountain or two. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Reverend's final words of wisdom today. I just want to say first, thank you to Ray for coming on today. Um, this was an absolute pleasure. I enjoyed every minute of our uh, interview today. You had some great stories. Uh, one, thank you for doing it. Um, you know, this is a, it's a tough job for people to do in general. 
uh, shout out to everybody who is a firefighter that's listening and there. Thank you for doing it. You know, it's, I don't know how many of you guys get thanked or how often it is, but it's probably not enough. Um, otherwise it'd be a lot, a uh, lot more uh, barren land. So I just got to say, thank you uh, for doing everything, you know, go out, be smart. Uh, I saw a funny shirt. It was smoke the bear on it. It said only you can prevent firefighters. And at the bottom it said, no, seriously, because we're defunded. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, everyone stay beautiful. And that being said, I mean, just peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye.